Well, hello everyone, and we're back today with our series on the You've Gotta Be Kidding Me broadcast. And again, we are returning to another episode in the disclosures of the strict spiritual constructionist in the series entitled Unvarnished. And our guest again today to continue the story is the Right Reverend Rastus Roosevelt Washington III of the Kingdom Come Last Baptist Church of Gumneck, North Carolina. Reverend Washington, welcome back for this series. Well, thank you very much, Chuck. It's good to be back, and it's good that we have the opportunity by virtue of you having promoted our series to spread the word of God as it's actually written to his subjects and his peoples and the congregations who hold this Bible tightly in their hands and oftentimes fail to see what it really says. And that is why we feel it's important that our message be broadcast and marketed and promulgated to all those who are believers so they will read the scriptures and assure they know the truth. Well, thank you very much, Reverend Washington. You have been more than helpful thus far, but the historical history of what I believe now is the book of Genesis, that's right, Chuck, the book of Genesis, because a crucial episode would be the one we are broadcasting today, which is the beginning of the Jews. The beginning of the Jews is not a subject that's altogether as well understood by many peoples, but it is plain within the scriptures. And under the doctrine of strict spiritual construction, it's clear to see that God was having trouble finding some righteous men. And he looked for righteous men and finally came across Abraham. Now, he waited an appropriate time till after Abraham's father had passed away, and he says to him, Abraham, I want you to get up and leave the Ur of the Chaldeans, where you currently live, and go to a land which I have promised you. Uh, we call this the promised land in today's conventional vernacular and language, but the promised land was where God told Abraham that you need to follow my lead and get your family, and I will take you to a land that is promised to you and will be your legacy for the future of the nations of Israel as it has now become. Well, I am wondering, was there any persuasion or benefit or something that might have inspired Abraham to see this as a, an appropriate course of action at that time? Well, God has always spoken closely to the Jews as his chosen people, and the rest of the planet was corrupted by the frat boy angel's descendants who were still up to mischief right back to building the Tower of Babel, which God was trying to winnow out from the human populations, them which was worthy. And that is why he selected Abraham, who left with his wife Sarah, who the scriptures clearly say was barren and therefore unable to have children with him, and his nephew Lot, and headed out to what would be later known as the Promised Land, which God said he would allow him to fill and make and be fulfilled by and would be creating of the future nation of Israel. Well, Abraham got out there, and as they got to a certain point, he looked out across the land which God had promised, and he had two realizations. The first was that there was always some peoples living there. I believe they would be known as the Canaanites. They would be the descendants of Ham. And as a result, he knew that it might be some work to take that land which was promised to him away from them which was already living there. The next thing is 
the promised children that God had told Abraham he would have said that he would be the father of a great nation. And he said, you know, I'm kind of hard to press to believe this. How can I be a father? I'm 100 years old. And Sarah is 90. And Abraham said to God, yes, you do bless Ishmael, one of his other sons we'll talk about later. And uh, I don't know how this is going to work out. And God replied, that isn't what I said. I said, Sarah, your wife of present will bear you a son, and you will name him Isaac. And Sarah kind of laughed about that. But God was serious, and he said that I will cause you to multiply and become a great nation, and that there will be 12 princes that shall be among your posterity. So that ended the conversation with God, That and God left. Well, it turns out that sometimes... Later, Abraham was sitting around on a hot summer afternoon, and he had his tent, and he saw three men coming to him. And he jumped up and said, hey, how you going? Where are you guys headed? Why don't you pull over here and stop and get something to eat and put your feet up and have some water and uh, stay a while, because we don't get strangers in this part very often. Now, the land which Lot had picked, which I inadvertently passed by, was presented by a proposition offered by Abraham. Abraham said to Lot, you know, we don't need to fight over this land with our shepherds and our other people. What do you think we should do? And Lot looked out and he saw the land that was well irrigated and green. He said, I'll take this half. And the promised portion of the promised land that was left to Abraham was what was left was the next half. Be that as it may, Sarah heard the three men that came up when Abraham was outside by the campfire fixing some food. And they said, you know, I, next year I'm going to give you and Sarah a son. That's according to the Lord, the God of that time, which appeared to him, and these men of God, three of them that showed up. And because they were so old, Sarah laughed, and she said, a woman my age and a husband his age, how can we have a baby? And when they caught her laughing, Sarah actually stepped up and said, I didn't laugh, and she lied because she was afraid of what they might think. But God stood up, and he said, well, you're going to have many descendants, and you're a godly man, and I picked you for this reason. And the reason why I want to pull over here and talk to you is that I got to go down there and clean up something. There's a couple of cities down there, Sodom and Gomorrah, where things have gotten way out of hand. Well, uh, Reverend, what do you mean by way out of hand? Well, stick with me, Chuck. The story really tells itself once uh, the men of God would talk to Abraham by the fire when they pulled over for lunch, they explained their purpose. They said that Sodom was such a bad place, filled with such evilness and wickedness, that God couldn't even look at it no more. And uh, for that purpose, they were sent to destroy it. Well, Abraham said, well, you know, you men of God, you just can't kill everybody wholesale. That ain't going to make no sense. That would actually be the wrong thing to do. So let me ask you, if there was 50 good men of peoples down there, would you destroy it then? And they said, well... I don't think we'd do that. We would spare the city if there was 50 of them. He said, well, what about 45? And uh, God said, well, I would destroy it if it was 45. And he said, well, what if it was only 40? And God said, I wouldn't destroy it if it was 40. And Abraham said, don't be mad at me, but suppose there was only 30. And God replied, I wouldn't do it if there was 30 decent human beings down there in that city of Sodom. And finally, when he got down to 20, God said, okay, Abraham, what are you getting at? Why do you uh, have some worry? Because they got all the way down to 10 men. 
And God said, if there was 10 good men in Sodom, he wouldn't destroy it. And they explains the next thing. He said, look, God, I got a nephew down there named Lot. He ain't the best of all peoples, but he certainly don't deserve to be destroyed. And I would hate to see something bad happen to him. So the good Lord God says to him, all right, don't worry. I will not let anything happen to Lot. And with that, two of the three men, who are described as two of God's angels, decided to head on down to Sodom, and they found Lot sitting right there at the front door when they arrived. And he said, hey, good to see you boys. Where you from? Come on in. Get something to eat. And they said, no, I think we'll just stick around where we are. And he said, no, I got to serve you some food. That's a hospitable thing to do. And Lot actually took these uh, men of God into his own trust and care. Indeed, he did. And that was the beginning of the story. So when they went to Lot's place and ate, all of a sudden there was some guy beating on the door, saying, hey, Lot, open the door and let us in. And they opened the door and they said, hey, we saw a couple of guys come in here earlier and uh, we would like to meet them. And Lot said, I don't think that's a good idea. These are men from God. They've been talking with my uncle Abraham. And, you know, I don't want you to mess with them because they're men from God. They said, no, no, no. We want to meet these guys so we can uh, get to know them better. And Lot stepped out and said, please, don't do that. I got a couple of daughters who are virgins and have never been with men before. You can have them instead. And they said, no, no, we don't want your virgin daughters. We want these guys. So these guys said, uh-oh, Lot, you operating out of your league. Step back. And according to the scriptures, they stepped out and blinded the men who was at the door trying to get in to know them better. And they got to the door and they said, Lot, you got to pack your stuff now. They're going to be some nasty stuff happening because God don't like the nasty smell of wickedness that come from Sodom, and he's going to destroy it. So you need to get your family together and get out of here as quick as possible. And Lot said, wait, whoa, whoa, I'm a big man in this town. I got a couple of casinos. I'm invested in some of the commodities market. We never might have a bad coin crop. You never know what's going to happen. He said, Lot, we're warning you. You got to get out of the city now. So pack your stuff and let's go. So Lot packed up his family because the men from God was most persuasive, and got together, and they led him to the city gate. And he said, no matter what you do, y'all get out of here now and take your wife and your daughters and everybody else with you so you won't get destroyed. And they helped rush them out of town. And the angel said, you got to flee for your lives. You got to escape to the mountains, but whatever you do, don't look back. That means you will surely die. You can't stay here. So Lot took his family and said, I guess I got to go. Don't you see how this seems like a unreasonable thing to me? And they said, well, be that as it may, we see what you're saying, but you need to get moving. So when the sun came up, Lot got up, got his folks together, and got out of town. And sure enough, as promised, the Lord rained down flaming fire from heaven on Sodom and Gomorrah and destroyed them and got rid of all, not only just the peoples, but the plants and the animals and everything else. And as they were leaving town, the one thing that they'd been asked not to do was not look back. Lot's wife could not resist it. And she looked back and she turned into a pillar of salt, which produces the second shortest verse in the Bible. After Jesus wept, remember Lot's wife. Well, after she turned to a pillar of salt, Lot went up into the mountains and hiding in caves. And he didn't know whether they were going to come after him or not and where they could live. And one night his daughters got him drunk, went in there and had relationships with him so that they could have babies 
And out of that came another group of ancestral offsprings, which came as a result of Lot's daughter sleeping with him while he was drunk and becoming pregnant. And one of the girls had a baby which she named Moab, which was the ancestor of the nation of the Moabites. And that is the story of Abraham leaving and forming the first group of Jews and Lot. Well, thank you very much, Reverend Washington. We appreciate the time you've taken with us again today to outline the strict constructionist view of the scriptures. And we hope we can have you back soon to continue in this series. Where you're more than welcome, Chuck, is all we can do to make sure that uh, scriptures are properly disseminated. And be that as it may, we will be having our open tent revival service and laying on the hands, healing of the sick, soon as we can get the schedule cleared to go back to Alligator River where the baptismal service was held, which uh, unfortunately had some repercussions we did not anticipate. Well, we appreciate your time and appreciate all you taking to heart in your efforts to explain the scriptural structure to all those who need to know. And that's our episode for today. Thank you very much and have a good night.